This episode of The Moms Network is brought to you in part by Karen Coleman Interiors. We produce considered design, perfectly set. Welcome to the Moms Network. We are happy to be back in the studio this month. Today I am joined by my co-host Patty Minglin, and I'd also like to introduce a new mom, Tiffany McQueen Lewis, and our guest mom, Tish Thompson, as we come together for a discussion on race. The events of the past few months have definitely opened up my eyes and ears, and I'm doing my best to listen and to understand. I know as I talk to my two teenage boys about race, I've always had that as part of the conversation. It's always been about equality and diversity and caring about someone for who they are as a human being, not about their skin color, not about their sexual preferences, not about anything that may be different from who my boys are. And I think I've done a really good job of that overall. But I know in the past few months, I've tried to make sure that I'm truly doing as much as I can be to understand what I don't understand. So to start off, I'd like to talk about how do you talk to your children about race? And we're all gonna have probably a little different story based off of the age of our children and who we are. So Patty, I'm gonna start off with you. How, do you, how have you had that conversation with your three children? Well, you, one of the things you said about what you don't know, like learning yourself, I think that's what I've really been doing is kind of taking cues from my kids because my kids are older and they have grown up kind of just accepting and inclusivity and that's just been kind of part of their dialogue. They go to a very diverse high school that's just been part of their makeup. But what I've been amazed at is the things I don't know. So it's not just... It's not I don't see color or I want them to just ignore color. I want them to understand it and I want them to appreciate these friends that they have. Just like I need to appreciate the friendships I have and what they bring to the table. Mm -hmm. So we've done a lot of digging deep into probably more than my kids want me to. I'll be honest. <laughs> They're probably like, I'm going to say, well, great. We've been doing this again. But I dig deep into all the stories. I'm mm -hmm. amazed at what I don't know about the history of our country, mm -hmm. about the struggles that people people really have, how mm -hmm. I have lived in, and I haven't always lived here, so I'm not just saying in this community, but just in general, I've almost lived in a little bit of a bubble that um, I, either I've created or people around me have created, not in bad intentions, it's just the way it is. And so I really have been trying to have conversations with my kids about digging deeper mm. and not just accepting people, but understanding them and being able to really understand their side of the situations in all situations. Mm -hmm. I think that's such a good point. And I know that for myself, as I've listened to some of the stories from my black friends, um, a black employee, black um, people in the community that I know, I reached out and said, can, can you share with me some stories that I wouldn't assume? Mm -hmm. Because in my life, I, I personally wasn't feeling as if I was seeing racism. Now, that being said, I'm white, and I surround myself 
with diversity, but I also surround myself with extremely kind people. Mm. And I also have my social media feed set to happy and kind, and, <laughs> and I don't watch the news very often. Mm. So like Patty's saying, I kind of put myself in this little space where I'm not taking in a lot of the things that are happening. And some of the stories that came out, one in particular, um, one of my friends said that her son, who's about 18 or 19, has had multiple experiences of walking down the street and having a car full of kids yell the N-word and throw things at him. Mm -hmm. um, I, and I just, I was, I was like, it just broke my mom's heart. Mm -hmm. And I thought, oh my gosh, I, you know, my sons are never going to have that experience, you know? So Tish, for you, how is your conversation with your kids maybe different than what Patty and mine's have been over the years? So I have four kids, um, 28, 26, 19, and 13. And so as you were talking about how you talk with your children, uh, what was coming to mind for me is I kind of think of it as in facets or buckets in terms of the kinds of conversations that I have to have. Mm. So it, it's certainly about how do I teach my children to be inclusive and, and how do I teach my children to embrace the diversity? Um, my kids go to a, to a predominantly white school and so their experience looks very different. Um, and so while I talk about inclusivity, I also have to talk about how they might be treated. Mm -hmm. And that is a tough conversation to have with your babies to say, yeah. you know, yeah. this is the world that we live in. So there might be a time where you're at school, you're on a bus and you might be called the N word. Um, and, and it happens. And so then as a mom, when they come home and tell me the stories, I have to be there to, you know, love on them and encourage them while I am pissed off on the inside mm -hmm. because this has happened to my babies. The message that I send can't be from a space of pestivity. But it has to come from a space of, okay, this is the world that we live in but we have to be mindful of the response that we have to the world. Oh. Um, and so that's a lot of the conversation mm -hmm. that I have to have with my kids. My son, my 26 year old, the conversation I have to have with him is even different than I have to have with my daughters. Mm -hmm. And that is, if you get pulled over in the car, this is what you do. Mm -hmm. If you get pulled over by a cop, this is what you do because I need you to come home. Mm. And you know, while I would not like to think that something horrible like that will happen, it could happen. And mm -hmm. so I have to educate him on, you know, this is what you do to make sure that you don't seem that you're posing a threat to authorities. Mm -hmm. um, and then, and I was having a conversation with my 28 year old and we were having that conversation. And she said, you know, not only do you have to have that conversation with my son, but it's also important for whomever is riding with my son mm -hmm. that that right. female knows what how to behave and interact in an instance where they're mm -hmm. pulled over by police. But I don't want my children to live in fear. Mm -hmm. Like, I don't want them to feel like if they are speeding, <laughs> you know, and they get pulled over that they just go into panic yeah. mode. Mm -hmm. I don't want them to live that way. And so I try to balance that conversation mm -hmm. um, with them. But it, it's, it's, it's very much so I, I have that discussion with them in different facets. Mm -hmm. How do I show up? 
what does the world look like? How do the world potentially view you? And then how do you respond to that? Yeah, mm -hmm. right. Mm -hmm. I found it difficult to navigate some of this as I have lots of people that are cops that are friends mm -hmm. or who's um, there. I'm friends with the, the wife of a cop and they're like the people I know are these wonderful people. Mm -hmm. um, and not to take anything away from what you just said, because that's not what I mean to do. Mm -hmm. But it's, it's an interesting balance of trying to say there's good and there's bad. Mm -hmm. You know, I'm a chiropractor. There are bad chiropractors out there, <laughs> right? And, um, and in every profession, you're going to have some people that overstep their authority and, or, or don't treat people well, or even in my profession, I see chiropractors that I feel like really you just want to make millions of dollars. Mm -hmm. And that's, you can see from the tone of your practice and how you, your practice management is that that's what it is. So I, I've found a struggle to kind of sit with both sides. And I, I feel as if this issue shouldn't be any type of political thing. It, mm -hmm. It's about human rights. It's about treating everyone the same. Um, now, if someone's specifically doing something wrong, whether they're white or black, they should they should be having you right. know having consequences. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But um, but I know, and we're not going to solve this problem now. But I, I know for myself that's been a, a, a challenging space to live in mm -hmm. to try to make sure that I'm being fair. Yeah. Um, so I just wanted to speak into that. Mm -hmm. um, Tiffany, you have younger children, mm -hmm. and so. When does this conversation start for you? And how might it, it's obviously going to look different than teenagers, right? Right. right. Yeah, I think that, I mean, my, I have an eight-year-old son and then I have four-year-old twins, boy-girl twins. So I have, uh, you know, to Tisha's point about looking at this in, in buckets. And, and I think I'm at a stage where we're building the foundation. So we're really focusing on helping them to really see themselves as people that have value, um, valuing their friendships, really looking at what kind of characteristics and traits they should be looking for in friends. And, and then those who aren't exhibiting the kindness and compassion and empathy that I want to teach them. And also just being proud of who they are as African-American children. And so mm -hmm. I, went, I grew up in Indianapolis in a predominantly white community and I think I didn't really see myself as, you know, I, I wasn't as proud of my identity as a black girl. I think I told you all before I ended up going to a historically black college and university to really get, you know, ground myself and, and become more confident in my identity as a black girl. So if I could go back and tell my five, six, seven, eight year old self something, I think I would want, you know, to better to really enhance my pride as, mm -hmm. as, a, as a black girl. So I think that's what I'm trying to do with my children is help them to see them themselves as people that are beautiful, their skin color is beautiful, to embrace and appreciate the friends that they have. My um, children go to, my son goes to a predominantly African American school, the twins go to a predominantly, it's a very diverse school. And so I want to, I want to lean in as a mom or to their friends, to their friends' parents, to help them understand and embrace. We talked about embracing. Mm -hmm. I think we're talking a little bit about color brave versus color blind. Mm -hmm. right. um, and so I think instead of saying accept everyone for who they are, which we want them to, but we also want to say, let's really learn about their culture and appreciate their culture. My kids went to um, an in-home daycare and their um, the daycare provider was um, an Indian woman, and so she made chicken and rice every day. They loved her chicken and rice. <laughs> so I had to call her, and I'm like, I need your recipe. <laughs> so now I make this. How do I make this? And so it's all about embracing that culture. So now I literally have chicken soaking in some tiki masala, <laughs> cucumbers, 
human. And so I had no idea how to make I this chicken. That That's right. yeah, yeah, it's a good recipe. Was that an invite for dinner? <laughs> Right. We call it Miss Anissa's chicken, and that's how they know it. But I want them to lean into their friendships, to really embrace and learn about the different cultures of the friends that they have. So I'm really at that stage of helping them to appreciate themselves first and appreciate themselves as black kids and really have pride in that, but also to appreciate and embrace their friends and, um, and understanding and learning more about the culture of their friends. And I wish I could just keep them in this little bubble right. because they love their friends. Their friends all represent all these different backgrounds and ethnicities. And at some point, we that we get to sort of this fork in the road where I don't know if we know, and I certainly don't know. So I'm loving here in this conversation because I feel like I'm still at that stage of learning mm -hmm. as a mom. But um, but I also say that you know Sesame Street did a whole conversation about talking to kids about race and Black Lives Matter. So I don't feel like I have to have all the answers. I certainly reach <laughs> out to other experts to help me have the right language to right. talk to them in the most developmentally appropriate way. And so I've also leaned on others to help me with this and that's yeah. been really good. That whole idea you just said about leaning in, like mm -hmm. I think, and I don't want to take too much away from, you know, leaning in the phrase that was always used, but I think we have to do that more. Like mm -hmm. as moms being able to lean in and have these conversations, like Kathy, you were saying that you asked your black friends, like, hey, can you give me some more context to this? Yeah. Like being able to do that and yeah. being able to do it in a way where we allow each other to do it and we allow each other to screw up doing it. That's right. Mm -hmm. Because our kids are watching that. They are. Like mm -hmm. that's, you know, we're going to role model mm -hmm. that kind of behavior. And I think that we all need to be kind of in that same space together and say, okay, let's figure this out together. And it can yeah. be messy can and we can mess it up. That's right. right. Yeah. Right. And just really and being... Sesame Street's always a good guy. I know. <laughs> I was like, thank you, Sesame Street, for this. Since I had no idea. And I think that's a really good point. I think that we do have to kind of offer grace mm. in this yes. process of conversation yes. and to be able to kind of have a conversation with our families That's about right. it and mm -hmm. not be fearful of offending, but mm -hmm. saying, okay, that didn't sit right. Here's why. Mm -hmm. yes. And being able to yeah. kind of have that yep. conversation. That's right. That. That's and right. I love that point. And I would love to continue that conversation when we come back with more of the Moms Network. Stay tuned. This episode of the Moms Network is brought to you in part by Karen Coleman Interiors. We produce considered design, perfectly set. This episode of the Moms Network is brought to you in part by Karen Coleman Interiors. We produce considered design, perfectly set. Welcome back to the Moms Network as we continue our conversation on race. Tish made such a great point about having some grace 
during this time. Um, I know as I have reached out to have these conversations, occasionally I have said something where someone said, oh, that's not the right word. Like that's mm. not, and so I said the word mulatto. And as Kathy Subber, I truly thought that was the actual term of someone that had a, a white parent and a black parent. Mm -hmm. And she was like, it's really bad, like mixed race or, you know, something else. So as far as the terminology goes, I think as we open up to these conversations, if you hear someone saying something mm -hmm. in a respectful way to share with them that, you know, that's, I, we've actually moved away from that term. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, I know there seems to be some confusion of even the word black versus African-American. Mm -hmm. And I was just wondering if someone could speak into that of, is there, is there a specific preference? Does it change where you live? Um, does it, does, is it different based off of who you are? I, um, I know for myself, I still feel a little confused as to what am I saying when I'm referring to someone mm -hmm. who is black? Mm -hmm. Tish, do you have a thought? <laughs> so I'll, I'll talk about it from me personally. Mm -hmm. So okay. for me personally, I don't have a preference one way or the other. Okay. Black, African American, I, it doesn't it doesn't bother me one way or the other. I don't have a problem with that. Um, and I honestly have to say that in you know with family and friends, I haven't heard anyone have an issue with being called black or African-American, okay. just, just just in, in my family and friend circle. Um, so I don't know if there's other perspectives out there, but just for me, yeah. I don't, it's, it's tomatoes, to, I, it's not a big. I agree, okay. yeah, it, uh, okay. I don't have a preference. I do think black is more all encompassing okay. because I think it also speaks to Caribbeans and others that maybe didn't originate, or I guess we all originated, mm -hmm. uh, pe black people originated in Africa, but I think African-American is more limiting. And mm -hmm. so I know there, I know some of my friends that are of Caribbean descent or Haitian, or you know, maybe their skin color is black, but they don't necessarily identify as African-American. Mm -hmm. okay. uh, they prefer black. So I think it's a, more of an all-encompassing term, but I just, you know, I think it's the difference between equality and equity. I mean, I think we're getting up and a lot of us, particularly now, are trying to figure out the right language and how to understand definitions of the terms that are being more widely used now. And, you know, I want people to just, again, lean in and focus more on those relationships and, and asking, you know, the person that you're talking to. I think that's part of this whole experience is about being authentic and open yep. and the willingness to learn. So I'm glad you're putting that question out there. And I think everyone might have a different response to it. And mm -hmm. so I think it's a matter yeah. of maybe whoever you're talking to at that time asking asking them what their preference is. But from everything I've read, I think that, that black, and I, I also saw in a, a conversation recently where someone said, you know, why is there a discomfort with saying black? I mean, there's not a discomfort saying white. And so yeah. I think whites don't feel this, you know, this angst around being referred to as white. And so blacks want to also feel that same level of pride in our skin color and our skin tone. So I think black is probably the more preferred word from people that I've talked to. Okay. Well, it's kind of off that point. So I'm reading a book right now called White Fragility. I think mm -hmm. a lot of people have probably been reading a lot of books right now about this. And I am doing this um, online book club with, the virtual book club with people I went to high school with, mm -hmm. and there are four people that are black, and there are four people that are white, all on this call. We all live in different areas now, but we all get together. And one of the things we were talking about when you talk about black and white is that white people, I, I don't think of white as a race mm -hmm. I, until I started reading this book, mm -hmm. which is probably why we don't identify with that, like we don't have any issue with it, because mm -hmm. it doesn't seem like a, a label necessarily. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And until I read that book and she points that out, 
I thought, oh my gosh, that really does change my perspective. Mm -hmm. Because when you think of, you know, race relations, you automatically think of races that are not white. Right. Well, mm -hmm. White is a race. Mm -hmm. So we are part of this conversation. Right. We are part of the solution as much as we've been part of the problem. So yeah. I think once we, it's just like, um, you know, gender equality, mm -hmm. you know, it's not just a woman's issue. It's a, it's a everyone issue. Everyone mm -hmm. issue. Yeah. And so I think that when we start thinking of that in terms of, yeah. this is the race we have, when we do have, you know, no pun intended, we have skin in this game. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So we need to be a part of it. Yeah. I mean, the equivalent would be a, you know, you don't necessarily expect to be referred to as German American or Italian American or Polish American. You're white. And I think blacks want to be black. And really, mm -hmm. I think the black race, at least I, from my group of friends, I think we're all, you know, trying to really learn how to embrace that and be prideful of that and the skin that we're in. And so I think to your point, I think we want others to see that as, as an right. asset, yeah. as something beautiful. And so I think the more we embrace it and refer to people as black, the more, and the less we're like, oh, we're uncomfortable with being called black. No, call me black. I'm proud of that. <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, and then even within each race, there are all these, you know, internal intricacies around the mm -hmm. skin tone mm -hmm. and that it's really complicated. Oh, another show. show. <laughs> <laughs> the color, how black are you? So, but uh -huh. just being pride, prideful and proud of that, I think, is the direction we're trying to move in. Yeah, for sure. So, I have another challenging conversation or challenging question. Um, I run the branch moms community. Um, we have tens of thousands of members, and we have members of every color, every culture, um, and. After everything that's happened in the last couple months, I think with those new eyes I was talking about, I've looked at the pictures, specifically the last event we had, and there were probably 25 women there, and I'd say 20 of them were white and white with blonde hair. Mm -hmm. And um, we had one woman, I believe that was Indian, and one woman that I believe was Hispanic there, but it was very one colored. Mm -hmm. And when I saw that picture before, I didn't see that. Mm -hmm. huh. And I looked at it now thinking, huh, what could I do as the person that runs this group to find opportunities to include a, a more diverse um, group of women that are going to show up to events? Because mm -hmm. my tagline is you are always included. We mm -hmm. are, I mean, I do my best to be as inclusive of all people, mm -hmm. but when you have an event, I don't have control over who accepts that invitation specifically or not. Mm. So I just was wondering if there was any thoughts of intentional ways that I could extend more of a branch, <laughs> no pun intended, um, <laughs> to women of color or women that are Indian uh, without it coming across as I'm being it's offensive or like, right. I just want you to, I don't want you to come because you're black. I want you to come because I want all people represented mm -hmm. in our group. Mm -hmm. Do you have any thoughts on that? I think it starts with exactly what you're doing is calling it into question. I mm -hmm. think that's the first step is to say, you know, I would love for this group to be, be very diverse and it mm -hmm. represents represents women from all different races, nationalities, backgrounds. Mm -hmm. I think it starts there. Okay. And I think, um, you know, once people see themselves 
in the group, then you will attract more people. So I think it's just putting messages out there um, to a broader audience that indicates that you are welcome here. So mm -hmm. maybe it's part of it is in the marketing. Maybe it's part of it is, you know, taking pictures that show a very diverse group and the conversations represent the kinds of like kind of what we're doing now. Mm -hmm. Conversations yeah. represent what people from different backgrounds would be having conversations about. And so I think it's about recognizing what's important to the different demographics of people and then creating um, a platform that it represents what's important to those people. I think that's the first step though is doing exactly what you're doing. I agree and I, I would, and, and just to build on that, I've been to one and yeah. I loved it. I was the only black person there <laughs> and I noticed it, but mm -hmm. I also, um, you know, I wasn't preoccupied with it, but a couple things. I think one, you know, just wondering, do you have partnerships? I mean, there's, I'm a part of Jack and Jill, which is an organization for African-American children and families, and it's a mother's organization. So thinking about building, intentionally building partnerships with organizations that represent women of color, too, mm -hmm. I think, you know, you give out, you have amazing giveaways. I believe I got a bag or a goodie with lots of advertising. So are there other like black owned businesses that you can partner with to give out things and maybe ask them to help advertise to their client base and their customers? So mm -hmm. I think thinking about who you're advertising through your giveaways is a really big part of it. And then three, it was in the middle of the day, if I believe, if I remember yeah. correctly. And yeah. so I was, I happened to be working from home that day. And so you might want to think about when and where you're hosting the events to be more inclusive of mothers that are working. Working. I do think probably more disproportionately, I don't have the data to back this up, but you might find that women of color um, are not staying at home at the same rate that, that white women are. So sure. I think thinking about hosting events in the evenings or maybe a Sunday brunch, have Miss Anisha's chicken, <laughs> some mac and tea. <laughs> so thinking about where, where you're hosting, what time you're hosting, what partnerships you're building, and, and how you're being intentional about really you know, going into the communities mm -hmm. that you're trying to identify and target. That's and I really think that point. intentionality goes, you know, not just for your organization, but when we look at all the organizations we're in, you know, there, if we're on a board of directors and we notice that there's not a lot of diversity, it's our job to notice that. Mm -hmm. And it's, you know, my job is being on that board of directors to be the voice and say, you know what, we need to extend. Mm -hmm. We need to look outside of what and pull people in, like mm -hmm. really invite them into this conversation because we're only as good as the people that are leading us. You know, we're right. only as good and the more diversity we have and the more voices we can bring to the table, the better your community is going to be overall, the better our organizations are going to be. Mm -hmm. And there's been this thing, and I do a lot with um, marketing to women, so I can get on a whole gender thing very quickly, and <laughs> mm -hmm. I won't. But, you know, there's this thing about like corporations, their board of directors, a lot of them are white men. And the reason isn't necessarily that they're intentionally leaving out people of color or intentionally leaving out women it's just that when you get asked to be on a board of directors you usually ask the circle your friend mm -hmm. so it's the person that you're hanging out mm -hmm. with and your circle may look a lot like you and so you don't even think maybe I need to go to that second mm -hmm. level of my circle mm -hmm. that doesn't look exactly like mm -hmm. me. You know, maybe it's time to like bring, to go there instead of just right here. Right. And I think we all could do that. At least I know I could do that a lot better with the mm -hmm. things that I meant. Mm -hmm. And I think the other thing too, mm -hmm. that we have to get clear about is that when we talk about diversity and we talk about inclusivity, it's not just specific to the color of our skin. Yes. Mm -hmm. And I think that's the part where people start to kind of cringe a bit because they assume that when you talk about diversity that it's just the color of skin, but it's not. It's so much broader than that and so much bigger than that. It's about what are what's our educational background. Mm -hmm. It's it's about how we think about things. Mm -hmm. It's about our 
different experiences and all of that richness coming together makes for a much better output or product for a company. Mm -hmm. And so I don't, I, I really, um, I'm in the organization development space. And so that's one of the things that's really important to me is to help organizations see that if you really want to be a powerhouse of an organization, inviting different perspectives, different diverse thoughts, um, different backgrounds to the table is huge. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And I think the other thing that, and I, and you guys have alluded to it. Um, I have appreciated the, the narrative that has been happening over the last several months, mm -hmm. you know, you know, for a while you would hear about situations that happened in our nation and you would see the different protests and things of that nature. But what was reassuring for me is when things happened with the, the, the George Floyd and the Ahmad and with Brianna, and it was no longer just black people talking about it for the first time. Our white brothers and sisters, our non-black brothers and mm -hmm. sisters have started to say enough is enough. Mm -hmm. And I think for me, that has been really, uh, it's been different and mm -hmm. it's been reassuring because it is different. Mm -hmm. We haven't seen that because for so long, our voices as black people have turned into white noise. Mm -hmm. Like you, it just, it hasn't really, people don't pay attention like, oh, okay, that happened, what have you, but mm -hmm. now, our brothers and sisters who aren't black are now having those conversations and drawing the line in the sand. And mm -hmm. that is, I'm, I'm, I'm optimistic about that. Certainly not um, oblivious to the fact that we have a long way to go. Right. Yeah. We have a long way to go, but it has to start somewhere. And I'm glad to see that it's the, the narrative is starting to switch. Yeah. I think that's what's given this more teeth and I think it's going to make it that stay around me, for a while. That makes yeah. me feel so That makes me feel so <laughs> good. <laughs> because I, yeah. you know, in the light, in light of John Lewis passing away, mm -hmm. you know, and researching all of what he has done, mm -hmm. and, and that was one of the comments that somebody made, was this feels a little different than then just mm -hmm. because it feels more inclusive mm -hmm. of people other than just black people saying right. this is enough. Everyone yeah. is stepping up saying we're done. That's right. And, and that's where the whole, I'm sorry, I was just thinking about allyship. I know that that word, I don't recall talking about it in the same way when other injustices have happened. So this idea of solidarity and all races coming together um, to help support and lift up marginalized populations, I think is going to make this be more sustainable. Yeah. Well, I, I couldn't agree more on all of those points. And I think leaving this conversation with some hope and some optimism <laughs> for a wonderful future is a great place to end. Well, thank you, Patty, Tish, and Tiff for joining me in this great conversation. Open communication and listening to others that have different life experiences is something we can all do to improve our community and our world. Thank you for watching the Moms Network. And remember, you are always invited. Thank you. This episode of the Moms Network is brought to you in part by Karen Coleman Interiors. We produce considered design perfectly set.